Thank you for downloading this podcast from the Traverse Theatre, Edinburgh. We now join the theatre's associate director and your host, Emma Callender. Travcast. I'm Emma Callender, I'm the Associate Director at The Traverse, and today I'm joined by John McCann, who has written Spoiling for um, The Traverse for the festival this year. This is our chance to be able to um, get underneath the skin of writers and pick their brains and see what the process of writing their plays is really like. Um, so it's quite an interesting uh, setup that we've got today. Welcome, John. How are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. Fantastic. Um, it's important to say that we're in the press office at the first week of the festival. So if you hear clicking and chatting away and maybe phones going, then that'll be why. Um, so, John, welcome. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Um, John McCann was part of the uh, Travis 50. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that then... Um, was commissioned by the Traverse to write his first full-length piece for us. So I wanted to ask a little bit of the subject matter. So the play's called Spoiling, and it's got quite a hot topic as its subject matter, which is the Scottish referendum. So I wanted to ask about why you wanted to write about that subject specifically. Um, Well, uh, the the initial seed of what became Spoiling was kind of planted in the... I think the f- couple of weeks after the the independence referendum was actually announced, mm-hmm. af- and um, remind us when that was. Oh goodness me! Are you, it's a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. A couple of years now. But um, in in that couple of weeks afterwards, I felt, wh- why aren't people talking about this? This is mm-hmm. not really getting. Yeah, it's, the date has been announced. The we know that it's it's it's, it's a big constitutional question. And I was amazed at, at what I thought was the the silence. Now it's unbelievable now, isn't it? Because it is it's everywhere. Yeah, but I think uh, I, speaking to, to other people before about I, whenever I'm only recently a user of Twitter, mm-hmm. so I think there was a lot of stuff going on on Twitter that I wasn't party to. But I was watching the traditional media. I was reading the newspapers. I was you know using the kind of uh, uh, online media as well, but not not Twitter. Or, and I mean, Facebook doesn't really do that kind of thing as 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 as, pr- as professionally or as good as Twitter, as mm-hmm. as hot as as as, as Twitter. So, um, but I was amazed that there was well, apparently. I mean, maybe maybe whether it was a. Uh, 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 a, a wrong sense I had that, that there was nothing really being said but but I, I felt that there was on the media that I was looking at the people I was speaking to it was kind of very mute um, and I was amazed at the silence and I, I, I think in, in the process of writing the play I've come to learn that what I was doing then was looking at the, the that situation through my Northern Irish kind of the part of my brain, hmm. rather than the the real sense, <laughs> the real brain. So I, I was looking at it from my kind of skewed Northern Irish kind of way, going, if this was in Northern Ireland, then things would be very different. People would be screaming, there would be this, there would be on the streets, it would be bedlam. Um, <coughs> so I was I was quite amazed at how reserved it was. But there were several other things that kind of that 
added into the my sense at the time as well is is I was kind of going well where's the where's the vision where's the hope yeah. you know and that made me think a bit about Obama and whatever his campaign uh, first the first time he was uh, elected into into office um you know that was the slogan we've seen the shepherd fairly image we bought the t-shirts we've done all of that you know um and that got me thinking about after obama had been elected and and you know that when he was sworn into office uh after his inauguration did people think that they were going to wake up the next day and there was suddenly a land of milk and honey and things mm. that would change and no things you know there's there's political realities versus political uh aspirations and that's kind of where um, some of the initial conflicts in my mind about uh, that, that eventually fed into spoiling came from, mm. and I think they kind of filter through to the they filter through to the text where we have this this character this of the Scottish foreign minister designate who kind of was whisked to political stardom because of the role she played doing the during the referendum campaign the imagined role that she played and. Um, and she's in a position of high office and wants to maintain some of the hopes, some of the ideals, but she finds a political reality is not quite matching her hopes. Mm. So that's where the, a lot of the conflict lies. Um, what's the process been like of writing the play? Because obviously the campaign has been growing as you've been writing. And the first time that I saw uh, a scratch of this piece was last November as yeah. part of the Right Here Festival at mm-hmm. the Traverse. And even from November till now, the campaign is so different and things have really moved, changed. Obviously, um, very big uh, announcements have been made from either side. So how has that affected your writing? Um, I think that I was cautious, I think, about that in, in my approach, I think. Uh, one of the audience members after the preview last night said that you don't actually you don't actually mention that much about the shenanigans or the ins and outs the meandering of the of the campaign in in the course of the play and I was kind of thinking well actually if I was to start doing that I, I'd, I'd feel as if I was crowbarring stuff in mm. oh I can't write I couldn't write a, a piece about the uh, that reflects upon the referendum and it has an imagined future if I don't mention this that happened that that happened that that happened and I felt I could it could just end up spoiling spoiling (laughs) if if, if i put it if i put so much in or felt i I felt obliged to to comment upon every single meander now there are things in there which have have transpired in the course of the year that i have that i have mentioned briefly um but in in when the play is set in spring 2016 it's it's you know it's uh it's it's probably a good six seven months after the event so a lot of stuff will have happened since then in in this imagined Mm. future so the, 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 the white heat of those things that happened during the campaign have slightly waned because we have an imagined yes vote. So there's almost that we've, we've come out of that process, but there are still certain things that hang on. And they do get referred to. So there are pepperings of, of things that have stuck in my mind that kind of made me go, he said what? She said what? Mm-hmm. And I've kind of referred to them, but they haven't become, they, they could not become core things in the, in the drama. So I think that's where the, the caution came from. Mm. Um, it's great that you gave yourself that license just to be able to live inside the fantasy world and it yeah. has its anchors in reality. Yeah. But I've never felt that you've uh, felt really the burden too much of reality. You've no. actually just given yourself the license to yeah. dream and imagine. 
Um, I want to ask you a bit about the process of writing mm -hmm. um, because the first time I saw this piece, it was 20 minutes long. Yeah. And then I've, we've literally just walked out of the second preview yeah. um, of the show and it's pressed tomorrow uh, and it's now 50 minutes long. So what was that process like? Um, I remember um, having a conversation with I met Orla must have been last December, just before she went off on maternity leave. And mm -hmm. we, we met at Oran Moore. We'd been to see a play, a pint, a pint, and then had a wee natter afterwards. And, and she asked me, do you think that, that there's more fuel in the tank with this particular piece? Is there, is, there, is there more room for these characters to go? Is there more space for them to kind of explore? And I thought, God, yeah, there's so much more. There's so much more about, I mean, about about him, about the, their, their kind of what brought them to this point and the baggage that they're bringing into the room mm -hmm. that, that helps them but also hinders them. And um, one of the most interesting things for me is his Northern Irish baggage that he brings into yeah, the room. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, mostly from her perspective and how she picks up on that. I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, she, she basically kind of pinches the nerve. She spots the nerve and she goes for it when, when she feels she needs to. I think that was... I think there are certain moments in in the writing, even when, even when writing the the twenty minute piece, the the scratch piece, where I think once certain little blocks fell into place, uh, the, the you know the, the, I mean we can see from the the poster, so I'm not giving anything away that she is pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, so once that, it, I I let that kind of brick settle because initially I was thinking, is this just too damn cheesy or what but then i think <laughs> it, i i think it, it gave me it gave me more uh, more in what i could play with than, than cheese so i i went yeah. with it but then whenever i um i can't remember when he became northern irish the the, the mark when he comes in into meet who, who she who she kind of uh tussles with in the show mm. um but i think i think for a long time i'd been kind of struggling about just as a writer about I, I am from Northern Ireland you know I'm, but you live in Scotland I live in Scotland I've been living yeah. here six years so um, but I think I'd been kind of maybe struggling to write a, 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 to, not, to write a Northern Irish play <laughs> you know but then I kind of when I had this had uh, this character of Fiona and had this setting it seemed natural that I could actually begin to explore what you know I could I could maybe write a I think this is a, a Scottish, very much a Scottish, but I think also a Northern Irish play as well. Mm. Um, and it, it allowed me to, it gave me some freedom, which I hadn't, I hadn't felt for a long time when, he, when I suddenly realised this guy is, and he has to be Northern Irish. Um, and then the fact that she uses it and, you know, um, I mean, with, with um, Tim Price's play, I'm with the band at the festival last year where we had a Northern Irish, who else a Scottish mm -hmm. and, and an English character. I think... Um, I mean, th there is a, a, a long history of well, between Scotland and Northern Ireland and mm -hmm. people passing across and, you know, the ancient kingdoms of Dalriada, which actively, actually linked parts of the, the west coast of Scotland and Northern Ireland. They were a, they were a particular kingdom. So, and, and the water was was not, it was, there was a land, you know, it was a bridge. It, the water was a bridge rather than a hindrance, you know. Mm -hmm. So, there's, and, uh, there's, lots of, there's lots of connections there. So, I think... Um, I was glad of the freedom that, that letting Mark be Northern Irish yeah. kind of gave me. It's interesting that you say freedom because I feel that you may have the freedom to write a Northern Irish play because you're here in Scotland and it's focusing on a Scottish issue. But then also there's quite a lot of freedom for the audience seeing it 
through his perspective from a Northern Irish yeah. perspective, um, looking at the um, situation in Scotland at the moment. Absolutely. So that freedom is really positive, yeah. it, both for you and for the audience, yeah. I think. And also, I mean, one of the things that kind of uh, annoyed me as well, annoyed me, well, I think, you know, whenever, <laughs> whenever writers do write, I think there helps to be a bit of some kind of arc or something, an itch you need to scratch. Yeah. And uh, with this, there was a lot. Um, whenever I'd, I heard certain politicians from Northern Ireland being wheeled out to talk about how disastrous the uh, the uh, the referendum would be, mm-hmm. uh, one one Northern Ireland politician actually said it would lead to to violence and bloodshed on the streets of Northern Ireland, mm-hmm. and I went, oh, it disgusted me. So um, I think I was able to scratch that itch a wee bit yeah. in this production as well, um, hmm. you know, as yeah. well as what as well you know, this very coordinated campaign it seemed to be of of things being drip fed into the uh, into the media from certain uh, parts in different countries saying what they will I mean we've had you know stuff that I haven't put into the into the play is 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 numerous I haven't put in there that you know Barack Obama's statement or the Chinese premier statement or mm-hmm. you know th- things like mm-hmm. that 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 hasn't featured but whenever whenever Northern Irish politicians come in going well this will lead to this yeah uh, I, about, uh, don't even start Something I think that's really powerful about the play is that you set the audience so many questions. It doesn't feel in any way a propaganda play on either side. I wouldn't be able to, and I don't want to ask you which side you would vote, because I think in that play you've left it so open and you've really provoked us to think about the issues where we stand with the issues rather than preaching to us in any way. I'd never wanted to to preach. I wanted to... to, I mean, but in the... uh, in my kind of little forward in the, in the published script, I talk about this play as much a, a kind of coming to terms with where I live now, Scotland, and a bit of a decompressing from Northern Ireland, you know? Yeah. So th- it's kind of a coming together of war. So it's actually, maybe it's a bit of therapy for me, you, you know? <laughs> it's all right uh, to admit it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. So maybe it's a wee, a wee bit of therapy for me. Um, but I want, I, I, yes, because there were a lot of uh, questions for me, and, you know, I felt very nervous about uh writing a play that deals with this particular question but uh, because i you know as you can hear i'm not from here so i Mm. felt a lot of responsibility there uh and and edge when i was putting stuff down on paper so um i I just hope i honored the country and didn't you know you can revoke my passport and kick me out if, if it's if it doesn't <laughs> if it doesn't meet the standards watch this space yeah. <laughs> no. um i want to ask what it's like to write specifically for a festival slot as well because there are certain challenges that come with that yeah I, I, uh, it's it's just an amazing platform hmm. um it's uh i think whenever whenever you told me that it was actually going on in <laughs> in the slot. Uh, I think I'd written the first draft of the fifty-minute piece, mm-hmm. um, so I was glad I had that an anchor, an anchor <laughs> before I'd found out because I think it might have added a bit more <gasps> to the whole situation. <laughs> so, um, um, but um, it's it's just yeah, it's it's amazing platform. Amazing to hear the 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 work that I'm that uh, is sharing Traverse Two with and, and Traverse One, you know, mm. as part of the Traverse program. Um, 
just honoured, utterly honoured, and uh, it may never be as good again. So I'm going to enjoy. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm going to enjoy. Every, I'm going to enjoy every bit of it. And, and the, the Travers team are absolutely fantastic. It's mm-hmm. felt, you know, from 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 the word go, from having fr- through the through the the scratch uh, uh, the tra- through the entire Travers fifty, through to through to the. Um, the the right here and the, and the scratch performance, turning performance through to the, the commissioning, the, the development mm. through to the rehearsals. It, it's just, I'm telling people, it's just you felt so nurtured and the whole thing has been so collaborative. You know, when we were chatting the other day about conversations that we'd had where we always we unlocked certain stories that, that kind of needed to be told and mm. took other stories out that seemed to be yeah, maybe not doing as not not achieving what they could for the play, mm. and you know, just having that come out in in a, in, in lovely conversations mm-hmm. that that you know were technically script development meetings, but it didn't feel like it. it was, they did it. It was good chats. <laughs> yeah. It was good chats, and the thing yeah. that was the focus was what was best for the play. Yeah, and always. That was that was great. <laughs> well, it's a real honour for us, and really exciting for us to have been able to bring you to this point uh, because you started at the Traverse 50 before I was here with Hamish and yeah. Orla yeah, and then going yeah. through that Traverse 50 process and then the first time I saw the piece it right here and then being able to take that into a full commission and then present that at the festival feels like such an honour and this play really holds its own in that programme so congratulations. Thank you very much it's been an honour to be <laughs> on that journey with you guys well thank you so much thank you right back out to the festival are you ready let's go deep breath we hope you enjoyed this podcast from the Traverse Theatre Edinburgh For more information, please log on to www.traverse.co.uk.